Wow. Yeah, check me out. I pray for this one on a mountain. This one on the mountain. Taking pictures on my phone. Taking pictures on my phone. For a number, I don't even got. For a number, I don't even got. For a number, I don't got no more. For a number, I ain't got no more. It all happened how. It all happened how. It all happened how the way it's supposed to go. <laughs> I just want to see what you're going to do. Uh, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Me Versus Me Podcast. This is episode 17. What's up, haters? No, I'm just playing. I got my boy right here. You want to introduce yourself, bro? Cody. Um, yeah, I, I work with this guy, and um, I see that he's looking to do some social media uh, podcasting here, and I wanted to be a part of it. And I was very excited to, to, to be here today. Yeah, he's my pimp. So uh, basically, you know, just make sure that uh, the money's there and you won't have no problem. What you do is you spit on the back of your hand. So then, yep, there you go. <laughs> Keeping it OG. Nah, so uh, basically what we were just talking about right now is if you're a 30-year-old dude, nobody wants to know what type of uh, Pokemon you like. Uh, but let's jump right in. What type of Pokemon do you like? Sure. Um <laughs> I mean, I am very impressionable. So when I was watching that show as a kid, you know, Pikachu was was Ash's number one. So I always wanted a Pikachu. And then when he got Charizard, he was attitude and like the strongest character. Then I wanted Charizard. And then when the Pokemon movie came out and Mewtwo came out, of course, he was split DNA with humans. He could communicate with humans, but he also hated humans, which is like relatable today. So I was like, yep, he's my guy. My boy had a, uh, he was antisocial even as a Pokemon. That's crazy. <laughs> yep. So I would say that uh, I agree with you, uh, except for I would say Mew because I know he was stronger than Mewtwo, which is like unbelievable because you see Mewtwo, he's all like savved out. My boy's got like this crazy mean face and Mew's like this little like cute looking thing. A little cat. You know what I mean? It just whoops the shit out of everybody like, yo, <laughs> hey. Well, I, I would even go as far as debating that he was the same strength as Mewtwo, but he had better understanding of humanity than Mew did in that movie. And that's what convinced Mewtwo to not want to kill humans. And all my boy said was Mew? That's all he said. Yep. He just said that and changed the boy's mind. That's crazy. Either that or my boy's just really gullible. <laughs> He's just like, Mew? I mean, he was born a week before just enough to have that little bit of advice like hey maybe don't kill the humanity just, yep. just don't bro take my word bro i got a week longer than you i fucking know these things all right so now that we got the nerdy stuff out of the way uh oh actually pardon me what do you think about the legend of zelda um i mean it's it's a classic it's it's a must play uh, Ocarina of Time, you know, all of these are great series. Uh, there's not really too much negative about it. It's just a fan favorite nostalgia, so. Yeah. Did you ever get into it? Like, really, really get into it? I'm going to have to say no. Not because I dislike the series in any way. It's just my art style. I, I prefer other games, you know. I, I'm in more of the horror genre, so I like Resident Evil a lot more. Same. Doom. Um, those games are, are the ones that speak to me. Um, like I said, not that it's a bad game. I think it's a it's an amazing game, but it's just not my game. Yeah. 
I mean, unless you're playing like something fun, you know what I mean, like that everybody can kind of play, like Smash GTA. Bros. Yeah, Smash Bros. <laughs> I was like GTA. He's <laughs> like Smash Bros. Yeah, yeah, Smash Bros. <laughs> That's what we all used to play as kids, right? Smash Bros. <laughs> GTA. <laughs> we all get the hookers. Fucking. <laughs> And the one guy who who just starts playing the missions, we all hate that guy. Don't be that guy. Just try to get the five stars, you know? Yeah. Uh, but Smash Bros. was cool, bro. Um, I'm trying to think. What was the other one? Uh, fucking Mario Kart. Mario Kart. That was that was a great one. You know, I, I know that they came out with a product that um, it's like a remote control car, like in real life, that has like the, the little camera on it. So you could play it on your like DS or something. And um it's like you're playing Mario Kart on your game, but it's happening in real life with the actual remote control car. Hey, yo, it's like Death Race. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that one movie gamer with fucking uh, Gerard Butler and shit. You got like convicts that are fucking doing it live. So it's just tell like, me, tell me why Death Race one was so good, yeah. and then it just tanked so badly that Jason Statham didn't come back for the sequel. Like. That's upsetting because the first one was so good. And then you get to like the third movie, Death Race, like two, 2000, some, uh, 3000. And it's like people are wearing pink lingerie driving. It's like like a speed racer movie. That is so bad. It was, was so bad. Was Jason Statham in speed? speed uh, I'm sorry, speed racer. <laughs> no. <laughs> was he in uh, Death Race too? Nope. He was not in any sequels. And there was two sequels to that movie. And even... I think in Death Race 2, it wasn't even about racing anymore. It was about fighting in a pit, if I remember correctly. That's crazy. What the fuck? But it was still titled Death Race 2. You're going to have to speak a little bit closer. You see that green thing right there? I see it. I see it. When you speak into the thing, you see that green level? I want to try to get that to the yellows. I'll keep it in the yellows. Is that? Can I get it to the red? Oh, shit. Let's see. Go, 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 go. <laughs> Like a little mini game and shit. How many people can we make? Ah, oh, on the podcast, all of them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I really kind of like BS every time I'm on here, bro. Uh, I like to be weird on here. You know, what I mean, it's kind of no, that's cool. <laughs> it's just you know, the podcast for like an hour just staring at the shit That's, being being weird is cool i think that it helps open up the mind we're just two dudes alone in an office so don't kill me why you gotta make it weird bro <laughs> <laughs> something i'm talented at <laughs> uh you know because like when someone calls you out on something that you're doing but you're acting like you're not doing you just <sighs> saw that on a tiktok video sorry I'm plagiarizing. Um, so I think that uh, there's a lot of good games that kind of like didn't actually ever, actually not good games, uh, good movies that never really got like their, uh, what's the word? Like they're, like when the part twos came out, they were just trash. Uh, absolutely. Uh, there's sequels. Uh, I mean, there's a million movies out there like that. Uh, or they're taking significantly a, a long time to, to make. So for example, a movie that was ahead of its time was Spawn. Amazing movie. The graphics for the time period back then, I think, I don't know, it was early, uh, maybe early or mid-1990s when it came out. Uh, I mean, it was very, very underrated the the comic book series is amazing. I mean, I I can't. There's just no negatives behind that movie. 
and I think that they're starting production for the next one, uh, probably next year or the year after that. So, I mean, how long has that been? Almost 22 years, 20, 25 years. Yeah, bro. I mean, old enough for us to kind of like forget it and then them start introducing it like a retro thing, like, mm -hmm. like nostalgia. And you're like, what the fuck? It hasn't even been that long, has it? One thing I would like to to bring up is is let's let's talk a little bit about Disney. Let's talk about Disney and Marvel and the direction they're taking it with. Um, I am a, a fanboy when it comes to the superhero genre movies, etc. I've seen them all multiple times, and um, I feel like that since Disney has kind of monopolized the the superhero market for the most part, that they're starting to get a little lax, a little lazy with their movies, their scripts, their writing. I think that they started off really strong because they had a, pr a point to prove that, you know, we're Disney, but we're going to make sure these movies are done accurately. Or they're going to be done right for the most part. I know continuity is hard with comic books and movies, but I think anyone that's seen the movies can understand that they started off pretty strong. And like with this new Thor movie, um, Love and Thunder, without giving any spoilers away or anything like that. I mean, it's they, they turned amazing characters just into trash characters. And it's just so frustrating because you, you have a character that you've been reading in the comics since you're a little kid. And you're like, I hope one day I get to see him on screen. And then you're 30 years old and you finally get to see this character on screen. And you're so hyped and excited. And he is just very forgettable. It's kind of like, dang, dude, like. I led up, up to this moment. This movie finally is happening. It's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. And I think what it is, is like nowadays, if you see it, they're trying to make it more like family friendly or whatever, but the real uh, comic book versions are badasses, bro. Like they don't even give a fuck about other guys and other superheroes. Like they're, they're, they're just that bold. You know what I mean? And the thing, like you got these guys pretty much getting like talked down on, like they're, they're, they're less than average. I mean, they're still OP as fuck, right? Like, they're still badasses. But it's just that, like, it's it's just kind of try to make them more relatable. And I think that's the part where it's, like, real comic book uh, fans are going to catch that and be like, that's 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 fake, bro. Like, how are you going to, you know what I mean? Too, too political, in, in my opinion. Um, the director, I, I cannot pronounce his name, so I'm not going to try to. But um, you know who you are, bro. <laughs> you fucking know. He uh, he did a, a great, great job with his one-hit wonder with Thor Ragnarok. It was a great movie. It was a great film. He had good comedic relief, um, and it, there was still great serious moments. There was, it was just a fantastically well-done film. And then uh, Thor Love and Thunder, it really turned into every moment he tried to pitch uh, a joke in there. You know, serious moments. He tries to throw comedic relief, which wasn't necessary. Um, not, not to mention the budget that they had for that film. It, it, it kind of felt like he felt like no matter what, they're going to make money on this movie because they're going to cater to every age range, little kids to full grown adults. So it doesn't, he doesn't care anymore if it's done lazily, as long as he makes the profit, which he did terrible, terrible reviews for the film, but he made the money that he was looking to make for it. So he's happy about it. And that's not what it should be about. It should be about your craft, about making every fan happy not just the little kids but the 30 year olds that have been waiting for this movie you know i wanted to see the god butcher appropriately comic oriented you know i read in an art article or review that 
he didn't want him to have the same appearance because he was afraid he was going to look too much like uh, Voldemort from the Harry Potter series. Oh, okay. I got you. Which is like, you know, sure, but, you know, it's the character's identity. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, for sure. Like, and you can't take that away because that's the, even if you hate him, that's the person you know and love. Even though you hate him, like, no one hate type thing. Yep. Yeah, but I think, and, you know, kind of piggybacking off of what you're saying, bro, I think if they would have kind of, like, made it to the fans' expectations or whatever, um, then they would have really watched it many times over and again, introduced it to the kids. So think about how much way more money you would have made as, a, as a, like, a, an actor or, like, a producer if you made it to where it's, like, this is going to touch base for the people who I know enjoy the stuff, and it's strictly for them. And then everybody else, I mean, you look at it now, like comic books were a thing in the 80s or whatever, where people would like read them and stuff, but they weren't really a thing. Uh, Then they started making all these like Marvel movies and stuff, DC, and then they just blew up, boom, like, and that's that we're in 2020 now. And you know what? I actually have a theory behind that. And I think it's our generation is why it blew up. We loved it so much as kids. We loved reading these comics. Um, We had our, our... parents tell us you know put that put that down go do your chores whatever but that was our reading material that's what made us happy seeing these characters seeing these uh uh, evolutions of characters grow so then when we got old enough and we started to get jobs and we started to break into the film uh and entertainment industry and when we had directors board directors say what should we put out next we were the ones to say hey we want to see thor we want to see spider-man we want to see all these characters come to life. And I think we're the reason why it blew up the way that it did. So fuck y'all. <laughs> fuck y'all, older generation. Y'all ain't shit without us. We made that happen. Hours of entertainment for the uh, the moms that don't want to watch their children. <laughs> so they could just put on the, the Marvel, Disney Plus TV series and let the kids just hours in front of it. Straight Not that up. it's good. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and you know what I mean? I feel like there was a lot of weird stuff that happened in the 90s to 2000s and stuff. Like, really weird. Like, let's just talk about that, right? Okay. Uh, And then, like, so if you take a look back at, like, um, I don't know, like, even the whole R. Kelly thing. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, no one said shit until just recently. The whole Bill Cosby shit, that was crazy. And then you're like, hey, yo, like, 2000s was, like, pretty decent for what I remember. But, like, apparently the people who were, like, actually adults at that time. We're making crazy moves, and you're just like, hey, yo, like, y'all are wild. I, uh, I don't know who to credit, uh, who said this, I forget, but I did watch someone, and uh, relating to the um, Epstein list, you know, they put her in prison, and then they said, okay, so are we just going to forget about everyone that was on that list? We're just going to forget about everyone that indulged in these sins? I mean, that's, that's kind of not how justice is supposed to work, in my opinion. Did they? I, I never followed up with that. Uh, reason being is because, like, I only influence myself for, like, certain things that, like, I kind of want to be part of, like, my infrastructure. Mm-hmm. So that one I kind of ignored purposely, but I really – now I'm curious. Did they ever kind of, like, start going after those people? Uh, from my knowledge, they only the, – the Epsteins. You know, they got them for the trafficking, obviously, and – um the list that they had of multiple people that have partaken in these uh, activities have not been reprimanded, which is just kind of like, why not? (laughs) 
Instead of paranormal activities, it's A-Yo activities. A-Yo. Because <laughs> y'all was sus as fuck for that shit? That's crazy. Lots of conspiracies behind government cover-ups. Um, I mean, if the government, honestly, in my opinion, I think whether it's illegal or not, if the government's making a good amount of money and it's not drawn to the pop population's attention, they're going to keep doing it. Okay. And that's with everything. That's, that's, you know, with major corporations, big pharma, that's with, you know, what's, what additives are in our food. How come, um, FDA with, uh, the, uh, between other countries, well, most other countries don't even have an FDA because most of their food is, is, is appropriate where we have to have an FDA because we put so many additives into our food mm. as well as like, uh, let's make up cosmetics. You know, my wife, Europe, they have so many restrictions on what can and can't go in makeup because they don't want to put lead and mercury and carcinogenics on your face. Well, here you're allowed to do that. You're allowed to make a product with these materials that are cancer causing to put on your face. Why do we allow this? Because supply and demand, because the government makes money off of this because of taxes. Is that okay? Probably not. Yeah. Also, I mean, I think that uh, what it really comes down to is like, uh, we kind of, uh, we disclose certain information to people, but then we also hide a lot of stuff on the back end. So for all of the people who like, you know, like, cause I'd imagine, you know, this podcast is going to be like on the internet somewhere. So if you're a younger generation, just know that before like today, which is like freaking, I don't know, September 30th, 2022, I think yeah. weird shit happens. And basically, you know, the, the government doesn't always like to disclose that stuff. You know, like uh, everywhere from like aliens to medicines to even like racism to freaking sex, freaking like child, child, child pornography circles or whatever. Right. Even to like um some really gangster shit. Uh, you know what I mean? People trying to uh like officials being like uh, in pocket with other like uh you know high what's the word high notoriety or you know high high profile uh people they kind of got them in their pockets hence like the whole epstein thing they had all these people on the list and you know they were saying oh yeah this is pretty much for blackmail and stuff but imagine being one of those guys where it's like they pretty much got your whole career by the balls and all they did was take a picture of you there's no evidence or anything like that uh which is why it's called a conspiracy but i think that like you're pretty much fucked at that point and your whole your whole world can feel like you know what i mean it's on shambles at that point well, I have to really crazy. also say it. What, what, where's the fine line between conspiracy? I want to move away from that topic after this, but conspiracy. <laughs> where's the fine line between, between a conspiracy theory and factual? Cause I mean, she was arrested and put in jail. So was he, and then he killed himself. So obviously there was stuff behind the scenes that were very inappropriate, very wrong and very illegal. So, uh, they're the only perpetrators. I don't believe so, but I, because these other people are so high profile, they're protected slap on the wrist. They're not even mentioned. Oh. I think that Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. Oh, uh, okay. You know what I mean? So I feel like, uh, because he, could, he had a lot to, yeah, you know, I think that's a conspiracy theory, you know, that can possibly be valid too as well. So, I mean, all right. And then if we're going to move away from stuff like that, as far as conspiracy, let's talk about our favorite conspiracies. Right? Sure. Like, I believe, like, uh, ghosts and demons and stuff. Because, like, I'm very, like, uh, you know, spiritual relationship with God. And sometimes I'll read the Bible and then you'll catch little things, little, little things about, like, ghosts, spirits and stuff. And you're like, hey, yo, you know what I mean? Like, you're just like, uh, and then it's like, oh, yeah, behemoth, Leviathan. And you're like, hey, yo, like, 
remember, this is the living word. So it's like, if you look at that thing and then it's talking about that and you're just like, you know, or they got that one, uh, what is that one where they're talking about? Like, um, the, the river will dry up. Right. And then mm -hmm. there's like angels that fell from heaven that were in, what's the word? Uh, they were in prison there under this river. Okay. And so basically they're saying that when it dries up, they'll be released. And that's why pretty much everyone's saying that we're in the end of days right now. Yeah. Yeah. And there's also another one that says when they rebuilt the, the, the temple in Jer Jerusalem, that that was the sign of, uh, the apocalypse, or that's when it was supposed to start, which I believe they're in the blueprint phase of already. Yeah, so congratulations for you, dickheads, fucking it up for us. You're the best, geez. <laughs> um, but yeah, going going to those uh, that perspective, you know, there's it is super interesting. Uh, I am Christian. I am, you know, I'd like to be a man of God, uh, etc. You know, everyone's. I have nothing against anyone being any other type of religion, by no means. Um, but. I do like to look at all the different areas and perspectives and uh, just, to, I like to keep an open mind because I love, I don't want to say I love conspiracy theories, but I love lore. Hmm. Um, one thing that I like is uh, apparently the book of Enoch was once attached to the Bible that they removed. And I could be wrong. So don't quote me on this, but they removed it from the Bible because they said it didn't pertain to God's message. But within the book of Enoch, they talked about Nephilims, which were fallen angels that would have children with humans that created giants, which obviously there were tons of giants in the Bible. Like, I mean, look at Goliath. Um, and uh, the lore behind those stories are, are very interesting. You know, for example, there's a million different stories about how vampires cre were created. Millions. Did you know that there's actually a biblical story of how vampires were created? I did not know. So apparently there was a fallen angel, just like the, from the book of Enoch that essentially fell in love with women and partook in making Nephilim's children. But one day, one of the humans cut their fingers or, or got a cut somewhere and drew blood. And this angel was just very, very uh, uh, enamored with, with blood, saying it's the essence of God, which at, through the Bible it is, you know. Um, so with that being said, this angel wanted to taste it. So this angel tasted the blood and developed a craving for human blood and would essentially just find more and more people to drink their blood, thus creating the first biblical vampire. Um, and kind of turning into more of a, a, a creature rather than an, an angel because of its intake of excessive amounts of blood. So I believe the story was also in the book of Enoch. Again, I could be wrong. Oh, okay. Okay. I was um, like, yo, what, what book is that, bro? <laughs> but if, if my, uh, sources are correct, that it used to be in the Bible. Again, they removed that from the Bible. The book of Enoch? Yes. Which is interesting because Enoch himself uh, was kind of interesting because, like, that's the first time you ever hear of anybody uh, going with God. Mm -hmm. They followed, He followed God, and that was it. And I was thinking, reading the Bible, like, yo, that's legit, bro. Like, that's legit. You know what I mean? God sees you. He's like, you know what? Just roll with me real quick. I got you. Come in. And then you just, all right, then, y'all. I'll catch you later. I'm going to go with, uh, you know, Heavenly Father. And then, phew, you never seen again? That's legit, bro. 
Like, that's how you know you made it to the Cool Kids Club. But, uh, I mean, I can only imagine that, like, uh, you know, uh, in the Bible, it's it's probably, like, way different what we're reading. Because who really knows, honestly? But, I mean, thankfully, I'm not the reason why it's not in the Bible, right? Was that one thing that says, like, if you're the reason why, um, you know, one of your brothers or sisters or, like, one of his children shall stumble or something like that, then it's better to have a millstone around your neck? Or am I tripping? Is that, like, a different saying? Because I know there's, like, something where it's, like, just don't be the one to mislead God's children because it would better it would be better for you for that to happen to you than to be you when God comes down and is like, you know, you fucked up, right? <laughs> you know, you fucked up. Yeah. You definitely want to be on the good side. <laughs> JK Elemental P, QRSTUV, stop misleading the little babies. I have, a, I have a question for you. What's up? Have you ever thought about the possibility of God being an alien? By which definition? Um, well, outer space. You know, I'm not saying like he's a little green man that flies in a saucer, but just in general, an alien, a, a, a creature that that essentially engineered us. Uh, so I guess for me to answer your question, I got to really kind of know the definition of what is an alien. And that's kind of racist. It says belonging to a foreign country or nation. That I think that's, <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> if I'm sorry. That's not, I'm not talking about undocumented workers. Uh, that's funny though. But like, that's what they have it. What is the real meaning of an alien, a resident who was born elsewhere? In okay. So I think what you mean to say is like of this species, right? Right. So I think that it's very possible considering the fact that God's formless, right? We were creating his image, but he's not man. Right. So therefore, by our standards, he would be kind of like an alien, right? So I think it's entirely possible. And if it's like, if you look at it, like what? They talk about the Anunnaki. Have you ever seen that movie Prometheus? Mm -hmm. Where they pretty much talk about the engineers Amazing and stuff? film. Really great film. Uh, and then, so, you know what I mean? pretty much our God is pretty much like the engineers or something, which is like the species that kind of goes extinct in itself. And it just kind of like segues into like the beginning of like alien or something. Yep. Very interesting transition, but you know, follow me. Spoiler. Spoiler. If you guys never seen the movie, you heard it here first. This movie's been back since <laughs> it's like been out since 2012. <laughs> <laughs> so realistically, I think it's honestly, I think it's the thing that makes the most sense. Like, if God was just some dude who was, like, just chilling at a bus stop one day, he's like, I'm God, I'd be like, nah. So, you know, my wife always tells me to, or doesn't tell me, but she pushes me into biblical knowledge to read the Bible, etc. Which, uh, you know, I want to be closer to God, so I am trying to partake more in. Uh, but I, there are little snippets in, in verses that do catch me off guard, which I'm sure have different meanings in, in retrospect, but... You know, I'll be reading a story, and in one particular verse, they will straight up say, you know, God from a, a, a let's say, a, a distant, not a distant planet, but uh, not from this earth. And then that makes me think, okay, well, where is he from then? I know it also says he's always been there. He's always been existing. And we're made in his image, which is just kind of, there's just lots of things that are, I don't want to say unclear for me, but it just gives me a, a different picture in my head than when I go to Sunday mass. 
Yeah, and what I like about it is it's something that, like, even if you took your best shot at it your whole life, you probably still wouldn't be able to fathom it. No, and I like that. I like that idea because, you know, we are limited capacity, and I think that for the definition of being able to be called a god, I think that uh, as humans, we're not we're not supposed to know until we pass on, you know, and then be with him. Yeah, and you know, I think that uh, it's also very important to note that um, God's in every single last one of us, but none of us are God, right? Uh, because before I kind of got into the whole God thing, I would uh, experiment with different like mentalities and stuff like that. And uh, just recently, before I really started taking the Bible serious, started reading it, uh, I would kind of speculate like, oh yeah, what if, um, <sighs> dude, I got like, probably a cool 30 minutes of content on my TikTok where I'm just pretty much talking about like different perspectives or like the way the universe was created, how pretty much if God is omnipresent, it's pretty much like you take every molecule in this room and that's pretty much God's perspective. Absolutely. Um, in college, I actually took a philosopher class and the class was just about philosophers saying this is why God exists and philosophers saying this is why God doesn't exist. And it was actually one of my favorite classes. Uh, and it wasn't about a debate, um, but it was uh, about the existence, trying to figure out if it's, you know, using different perspectives. And one uh, one way I could uh, explain is, um, like, I take the sugar here, okay? It's, it's there. It's not moving. It's just, it's there. And I push it. There was force to get it to that position, okay? So something had to push it for it to get there. Couldn't get there on its own, not by itself. Someone, something had to push it. I think that's one of the coolest philosophy methods about God being real is even if you believe in evolution, that's fine. That's absolutely cool because what created the Big Bang? Gases, this and that. What created those gases? Well, you know, a million different other things. At the end of the day, something pushed something. It gave it force. It gave it motion to create life, to be able to make the earth and all these solar system systems and galaxies. So at the end of the day, something did something to make it all happen. And uh, I think that's a cool way of explaining God's existence. Um, there was speaking to what you said about molecules, there was another philosopher and I'm not saying names cause I don't remember. <laughs> it was a long time ago, but, um, but you know who you are. Um, this, this track is for you. There was another philosopher that said, uh, God is water. And I thought that was very interesting. So upon studying that philosopher is pretty much being that there is water in every atom of everything in this universe. So this table, what we're made up of in that sugar jar and um, the camera that we're looking at right now, there is a water molecule in everything. And for God to be in everything, he's in water. And another cool thing to think about is like, well, you know, there's uh, the Sahara Desert, uh, 120, 130 degrees. There's a uh, bone laying on the floor, completely dry. But at the end of the day, it's still made up of water. So it's just a cool concept to think about. That was interesting. That's that's crazy because if you think about it like that, it's like you, it's not water that you could drink, but there's a water molecule even in the air that we breathe. There's some sort of like water molecule in it. Yep. Right. So he's yeah. all of it. 
Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite things that I like that I thought was interesting in the Bible is like, so there's this thing where it's like, um, one day in heaven is like a thousand years, right? So if God created man on six days and on the seventh day he rested, that means it took God six thousand years to make everything, and then he sat back for a thousand years and chilled, and then that's where we're his biggest creation. So, like, to me, it's, like, if you look at, like, all the effort it takes for me to put these podcasts together, for me to, like, really go into production on music and stuff like that, it really takes a lot of time, right? And then there's times where I'm really at it for, like, six to eight hours, and even then I got to take a break. God did that for 6,000 years, hypothetically, right? Because I wasn't around, so my method of measure is just basically what I can remember from the Bible. But 6,000 years, that's, like, the ultimate craftsmanship. Yeah, it, speaking of which, that's also one of my favorite things to talk about against evolutionists. You know, they say you can't make Earth in six days. It's not It's not possible. Um, you're right. I, I don't believe it's possible. But who are we to say six days is the same time period for God? You know, what if six days is hundreds of thousands of years? You know, maybe that's six days for him, not for us. Yeah, and, you know, because it's like, Taking it a step even further than that, God created heaven. So the amount of time that passes in heaven is his construct too. Mm -hmm. So it's like realistically, he might be going by his own time entirely. So who knows how long it took him, right? But if you have an eternity, you know what I mean? Like even we're just kind of like a, a, a leaf in the wind or something like that, like a, a piece of dust in the wind, right? Uh, so 6,000 years to him probably wouldn't even be anything, right? Because that's probably just going based off of heaven time. And then for each one of our thousand years is one day in heaven. Who knows if one day in heaven is probably like a hundred thousand, like a million years in God's eyes. And he's just like, all right then. So I think I kind of understand how I want to do this. Boom, 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 boom. And then they say that even not even the highest of heavens can contain him. Because I think that everybody just thinks that God lives in heaven. And that's just where it's like, it's around. Uh, he's pretty much, he's there, he's in it. But he created that too, which means that when he gets mad, he can pretty much, he can make everything fall down in heaven as well as on earth if he wanted to. That's crazy. And it even talks about that in the Bible. Like he's going to, you know, eventually this earth and heaven will die too. And then eventually it'll turn into like a, everybody who passed, I'm, I'm going to say it for lack of better words, but I should probably read the Bible better where it's like everybody will go to New Jerusalem. Right. And there he'll be here, their active God. And I think that's super interesting. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because just imagine if you could, I mean, you could do it now, right? But you got to have faith. But just turn around and be like, hey, God. And God's active. He, you're like, I, I can't even think about what I would do with that, with that type of, uh, you know. I mean, you can pray on something now and then it'll happen if God wants it. If not, then you got to, you know what I mean? Like he's got a better plan. But imagine you just going to God and God's like right there. Like, yeah, you know, so. Um, Being able to talk to him in person, just hanging out, saying, hey, I have a question about this. Why did you let that happen to me? <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, you know, I have, I have struggled a lot in my faith with God, but I feel closer with him more than I ever have. I still have questions and, um, uh, you know, a lot of it has, is very, I don't know, it's psycho, psycho, a lot of psychological stuff going on. You know, for me, 
I actually struggled with the part thinking that God used to be super selfish. I thought that, you know, he kind of created us because he could, that the purpose, why the purpose of him creating us was just for his pleasure. Um, you know, and you can combat that with, he wanted us to experience life. He wanted us to have a spiritual journey, et cetera. Absolutely. I'm not disagreeing with those, but, um, it just, you know, there's horrible things that happen in this world and it's because he wants to give us a, a free, uh, what's it called? Free will. Uh, yeah. Free will. And, um, it's also hard to believe that he knows everything that's going to happen. So, you know, you have a, a little kid that's born and he's going to die in two years from cancer. It's like, it, it kind of hurts me to know that, that my God would let something so terrible happen to this kid. And it, it makes me feel that it's selfish. It's selfish to have a, bring a soul into this world to not even get to live, to pass away from something that, you know, through the Bible, it seems like he could intervene and take care of, but he won't. Um, but I, again, everything that I said, I said can be combatant and, uh, these are just my personal struggles with, with God. Yeah. What I kind of like, um, lean on, I guess, is the fact that the way we think is not the way that God thinks. Yeah. So no matter if I'm sitting here fixated on it, like as long as I can, right. I'll never understand God's perspective because I'll never know what it's like to construct a Richie at like a, a construction company right next to Cody. And then no, that I've created like millions of other people, literally millions of other people cared for them, tried my best to get them on the path. Uh, but I knew their hearts, each and every single last one of them knew their hearts. I'll never know what it's like to be that, but you know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things where it's like, even on our best days, we'll never be able to understand God because right when you feel like you're losing it, blessings. Absolutely. And I, you're like, oh, I do agree with you a hundred percent too. You know, I do think that is a very different mindset. Uh, we, again, going back to the can't fathom, I think that he has a mindset that we can't fathom. And I think the best way to put that is um, things happen for a reason, essentially, you know? Um, so even if something bad happens, it's it's it was meant to be for a particular purpose. We may not know, we may not ever know, but it's for a purpose um, in God's design. I like uh, that story because I, I know I, I know exactly what you're saying, right? And I'm pretty sure God could attest that there's been days where I've just been so stubborn and stuff with my own faith. But I read the Bible, right? Because, you know, something told me to read Job. So I'm sitting there like all stubborn and I'm just like, you know, fasting. So I'm like, especially grouchy and stuff. And I'm just like, whatever. And then, you know, I keep feeling like the Holy Spirit telling me, read the Bible, read the Bible, read uh, the book of Job, read the book of Job. So I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. And I'm just listening, right? And then the more and more I read it, the more and more I got into it. And then I especially like the part where like, God's like, brace yourself like a man. I'm going to talk to you and you're going to answer to me. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, that's crazy. Like, and God's like, what do you know? Where were you when I created this? Tell me, do the wind, you know what I mean? Like, does, does all this stuff answer to you? Are you the one who tells the, the clouds they can go this far and no more? Like, you're just like. Well, I mean, from that perspective, I guess I really can't say much. So, you know, there's things that uh, we don't understand, but like, you know, and that's that Joe was 
one of his favorites at the time. And that's that he knew that he was pretty much testing him and stuff, but he knew he loved him. And that, you know, his understanding of him was all wrong because even then he was like, there's things you don't know about. He never tells him that it was the devil. He never tells him that. But God's like, hey, yo, if you think that you can question me, like, think again. Like, what do you know? And this is just me paraphrasing. I feel like if you want to get the real stuff, you got to read the Bible. This is just like a like a really weak attempt at me trying to, like, reiterate. But, like, it's it's, it's really interesting stuff. And you know what I mean? Like, that's one of those moments where it's like, if I was that dude at that moment, bro, I don't even know if I would have the strength or the courage to even respawn and not say some stupid stuff. You know, because, like, you answering to God right there and then, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like the whole situation would probably, like, you're going to fail. Even if you even if you write or so you think, what do you really know? Uh, you know what I got. What I could take away from that right at this moment is if if I was talking to God and I got validation and confirmation that I was talking to God and I was being put into this Bible for this story. Honestly, I mean, <laughs> there's that saying: "Seeing is believing." The hardest parts to believe in God without having this defied defiable proof and evidence you know and you again you could say the earth is proof the, the universe is proof of god's existence which you know i'm definitely not saying it's not but i also think that there's also a different uh uh pressure that's relieved off of you to be able to be one of these characters in the bible that's speaking to god or being one of jesus's disciples that they know okay we, we, our God is the right God, uh, our heaven, we're going to heaven, we're following Jesus, we're doing these things. Um, so I think in today's society, that's where, uh, there stems to be a very hard struggle behind following Christ in the Bible is we're not one of those characters in the Bible. You know, we didn't actually physically speak to God and Jesus, um, and I, I do think that's one of our, I don't want to say tests, but I do think that's one of our, um, I can say, paths to finding God is for him to, you know, essentially say, I'm going to lay down a foundation for you guys that you guys can follow, but I'll be watching from afar, essentially. Yeah. And I can definitely think of like, uh, I think one of the words I would probably use in a situation like that is like tribulation. That's our tribulation, right? Uh, from you know, 2022, Jesus has been there for like 2022 years and stuff. But there's even something that, like, when he died, he told his disciples and stuff that he was like, um, basically, you believe because you saw me, right? Uh, and you know, he's talking about the dude who like got to stick his fingers through his wrist and stuff and like you know, into like his ribs. He's like, you believe because you saw me, how much more for those who believe in me and don't see me? Like, how much more will their blessing be? And that just made me think, like, there we go with Jesus dropping knowledge. Like, <laughs> 2020. I still think this, the Book of Psalms was, like, the best album ever dropped, ever. <laughs> yeah. Because I really like the way that David talks about God, you know. Uh, But, like, you know. And that's just... uh. Dang, we really rabbit hole with this whole conspiracy thing. Oh yeah, ab absolutely. <laughs> well, you got you got any other uh, topics for me? Oh, how do you feel about what is it the the reptilians the or or the uh, the skinwalkers? Any of this stuff resonate with you? Oh yeah, yeah. I watched the YouTube videos and 
and read the articles and all that stuff. Um, again, it, it's just interesting conspiracy theories. Obviously, there's not really any proof behind anything. And there's videos of, like, uh, political leaders that have, like, scaly skin or something like that, which can easily be edited. Um, <clears throat> but it's fascinating. I'm not going to say it's not a, it's not a bad story. You know, it's it's very interesting to watch. It's very interesting to think about. And I think that there is a, a moving to political leaders and the one percenters in our country, the very wealthy. Um, it is kind of a cool concept to think that they're these lizard people because they're kind of corrupt. Um, they they're controlling everything in this world. So it's kind of an interesting concept to try to pin these this reptilian monster looking figure into these these type of people yeah or like have you ever seen like a cartoon where you'll have like them like take a look at someone's character right and it's like this like uh maybe like this corporate giant or whatever the ceo and then he'll just kind of morph into like this monster looking thing and you're probably still like in in real life you're probably looking at the same person but in your head you're, you're kind of like looking at this monster too and you know what you know about them so it's just like Oh, damn. Like, that's nasty. You know, you know, uh, working in uh, project management and sales, getting older, um, obviously paying my bills and trying to make a stable living for me and my family. It's got me thinking, you know, seeing people that are doing very, very well, not that they're bad people in any way, shape or form, but a lot of people that I know that are making copious amounts of money are, I mean, you, more often than not, they're doing something that's not, I'm going to say illegal, but maybe uneth, eth, uh, unethical to make that type of money. Um, whether it's throwing someone under the bus, stepping on someone or doing some major a business move that's not going to be beneficial for both par parties so they can come out with a bigger portion which is a little upsetting in today's world because you know you you want to think you could grow up being the good guy and make good money and it, some sometimes it feels like you can't you can't you can't be a good guy and make good money at the same time yeah because i, I feel like once you get to the top the politics change and like, for example, right, I used to work a uh, production. So uh, you would like be one of the good guys. You'd be like one of the guys, like top performers and stuff. And so you get included in the certain conversations. And then once you realize the dynamics there, like the politics of that circle, you're like, oh, shit, bro. Like I was really kind of expecting something different, like a little bit more like serious, hard worker, you know, nah, those be the ones that like they talk about cutting corners like, hey, yo, bro, like I had to do this to do this. And then you just kind of like, oh, damn, that kind of sucks. Like, I didn't expect it to be like this when I got here, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, because I used to work at a, a mall and we used to work in uh, like selling phones and stuff. And you always had third party and then you had corporate. So at third party, we talk about corporate like they're these big old monsters and stuff like that. But I worked at third party, third party for a minute and I was just like all right, cool. I had like my own ideas and stuff, but I always kind of knew what we were doing because that's what they told us to do. That's what they taught us. Uh, basically we converted to corporate and it was the same shit, bro. And if you, and then they were pretty much talking shit on like court on third party. So we're just like, you guys really just do the same shit, but you guys have like more of like a, it's the umbrella, right? It's this umbrella versus that umbrella and fuck those guys because they're bad. We're good. We're the good guys. Right. You know, I, uh, I'm not going to say what cities or name any people, 
you know who you are. <laughs> um, yes. But I used to work as a camp counselor for youth for a particular city. And the whole point of it was to get kids off of the streets during a lot of gang uh, violence during those times. Um, so that way we could keep them safe, keep them fed, and hopefully get them away from that type of lifestyle. And I probably was a part of that program for better part of five years. And every single year, our budget got cut in half every single year. And it was very uh, demoralizing because, you know, we were not doing extravagant things. We were at a park all day, every day. And we were, you know, playing kickball, we were playing baseball or we playing football. We were snack lunches. Um, you know, we were not, allowed to fundraise for this particular program either. Um, so it was, it is very demoralizing to, to go, come back the next year to see these smiling faces and being, and being able to tell them, Hey guys, we're not going to be doing it this from this time frame to this time frame. Um, also, you know, we're going to start cutting back on lunches. You have to bring your own lunches and it just no more field trips. And it just got really, you know, finally they just got rid of it, the program entirely. And it was frustrating to me because so many kids, I saw so many kids benefiting from this program, so many, and it was cut mainly because other people wanted pay raises. And, um, uh, it's frustrating to see because we were changing lives and someone just wanted more money at work, essentially in the office. So they kept cutting it every single year. Y'all know who you are. You guys know. Giant Saber. I think that it's it's always crazy when you think about it, like uh, some crazy situations like that, like projects, right? And, you know, to the bottom, it's like a bunch of people who share a connection and they have a cause. And, you know, they're one, they were the ones on the forefront, really. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're working with the budget. They're, they're dealing with the people face-to-face. Uh, you know, so there's good times, there's bad times, there's ups, there's downs, and it's like a roller coaster. Emotion, satisfying, yet kind of sometimes sad and tragic, right? Because yeah. you really miss this guy, but like, you know what I mean? He got wrapped up in the street life because that's what his family taught him. He couldn't get out of it, and then he died. And then you know that you were like, damn, we could have saved someone, you know? But at the top, that's just a piece of paper on someone's docket list. Yeah. That's just XO project where it's like you know certain details all right cool 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 bam they're looking at statistics probably looking at it from like five to 20 year process and at the end of it it's almost like cut it what's that exactly so i think there's a, a we're building a bigger divide between business and people uh and i think that was a good example of what you just said you know um there are people on a on a piece of paper in the office but obviously they're, they're a lot more than that. I mean, they're, you know, when I'm out there playing with the kids and I'm making sure that they're, they're learning how to play these sports correctly and uh, helping them develop into, um, uh, young adults, it was very, very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, sad. No, on the contrary, it was very, I was very happy to see them grow into these young adults, you know, satisfying, satisfying, you know, I guess, uh, seeing them get jobs, seeing them go to college, you know, it makes me feel old thinking about that. Um, but 
knowing that I was a part of their life. I, you know, I'd run into them at the grocery store and they'd be like, Oh man, you know, coach Cody, how, how are you doing? You know, it's, it's so great to see you. And I'm like, you have a beard. <laughs> yeah. You were this tall. Now you have a beard. Like, look at you, you know? So it's, it was very satisfying to see those kids grow into who they were. And especially when they were to give you any form of validation, you're not looking for it, but if they tell you like, Hey man, like you're the reason why I love basketball. It's, I mean, that makes it all worth it. Yeah, bro. I mean, I think that's fulfilling because here you have something where it's like you kind of knew the the nonsense that, that was involved, right? And it's always like that when you're probably like a leader in someone's eyes, you know, someone younger than you. Eventually, they're going to realize that the world around them isn't what they thought it was. But at least you, for a time in their life, were able to kind of like help take them off the uh, the beaten path and put them on the right one. And just help them, you know, if even like discovering sports instead of gangs, instead of drugs, instead of guns, like, you know, I, I know a lot of people who I was raised with uh, to this day that are still involved. And there's no judgments, bro, because I understand what it was like. Like, I also know that if it wasn't for like certain decisions or certain things in my life, bro, I'd be right there. I'd be right there with them. And it's like no judgments. Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes I've even seen like, even people in ghettos are like better people than some of the people where I've seen where it's like they got more money. And it's weird, bro. You don't think like that just growing up as a youth. And then, yeah. One, uh, again, I can't credit this person cause I don't know them. Uh, I don't remember their name, but I saw, saw this somewhere and it was, uh, I was about to ask you like, do they know who they are? <laughs> <laughs> uh, they said something like, uh, uh, rich people, make good times, good times, make weak people, weak people, make bad times, bad times, make strong people, not rich people, strong people. Yeah, strong people. And then it's a never, it's a revolving cycle. Um, so that, that one really stuck to me. Um, you know, cause sometimes I'm struggling in my life, trying to get my bills paid, trying to make sure I, I get all my, my things in order. And then I'm thinking, okay, uh, was I set up to be one that tries to become strong so I can make uh, uh, good times for my next generation of family and then just be part of this revolving circle or vice versa? My, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just a very interesting concept to me because I do believe that 100%. Uh, one thing I said in my TikTok video, right, because it seems like each platform, I kind of got like a different personality that I show people. Not that it's like, uh it's just one 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 can't contain me y'all i'm too live for y'all no i'm just playing multiple platforms yeah multiple platform for mer multiple personalities baby no, I'm just playing. you should check his only fans <laughs> superb mad feet pics like i'll fucking change your life i met him on grinder by the way <laughs> we're a couple <laughs> we go together yeah he got me this job <laughs> I'm a giver. <laughs> no, no, giver. that none of that's true, by the way. Nah. So uh, basically, he's very much married. Ask his wife. Yeah, you don't see a ring on his finger, so that's how you know it. Still single, ladies. Why, why are we having... Okay. <laughs> okay. So I was saying. So basically, like on my TikTok, right? I talk about fuck. What were we talking about? <laughs> Shit, <laughs> bro. Platforms. You got carried away yeah. with a fake relationship. Oh yeah, man. Fuck yeah. I'm already imagining shit. Damn. So realistically, uh, on different platforms, I talk about different stuff, right? 
this is one of those topics that I'll probably talk about on like my TikTok and stuff because it's like um I really did forget what we were talking about. But it was something about like Ah oh, shit, I can't remember. Can you remind me? Number one host. <laughs> you guys saw it here first. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm just gonna fucking throw away that whole name. <laughs> yeah, just edit it out. Man, fucking right into the trash can. One thing I want to uh, just say, uh, I, I, regarding to the whole God situation, those are just the conspiracy things, uh, conspiracy theories that I like to think about. Um, I do like with most Christians struggle with um, uh, my faith. But, you know, at the end of the day, I do believe in God and I do believe in um, his uh, his power and uh, I do follow him. Yeah. And I think it's it's one of those things where it's like if you know God, you know what he created, you know what he's done. You're like, all right, I doubt you. My bad. I kind of forgot that you kind of made everything. You know what I mean? Like uh, and, you know, there's tons of examples. But uh, I think that if you're ever able to kind of like have a conversation with God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, you really feel like fulfillment. You really feel peace. And that's one of the best ways to know if it's really not. Yeah. Because you're like, hey, God, boom. And then it's like, okay, so look, you're talking to the creator of the universe. What do you tell him? He knows what you're going to say. He knows what's in your heart. He knows stuff about you. You don't even know. What are you going to say? Hey, yo, thank you. (laughs) Gracias. (laughs) Appreciate you, bro. I really like that you, uh, you know what I mean? You made me like green beans. You're the best. But I mean, like, you know, uh, I think it's very important to be able to identify, like, the fact that you might be lying to yourself about certain things. Just being honest with God is like, I think that's that's one of the keys to opening up that door. Just being honest with God. I definitely... uh my lifestyle has definitely changed, you know, um, trying to be more honest throughout life with, uh, everyone, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm human. So, you know, everyone lies about stuff, (laughs) but that I can say it has opened a lot of different pathways and doorways for me, just trying to be straightforward, you know, regarding my wife, it's impossible to lie to her. Now I I've, (laughs) you know, if I try to lie to her, I have a big smile on my face and she's like, you're lying to me. And I'm like, Oh yeah. You're right. right. My boy likes, (laughs) oh yeah. (laughs) Um, But I mean, it's also just even, even when it's something bad, the, you know, let's say you did something bad and you, you're telling whoever you're telling, obviously telling the truth, you know, that the truth will set you free. It really does. Cause I mean, you told them whatever's going on, whatever you did. um, And it's not something you really have to think about anymore. It's off your chest. And you can move forward instead of hanging on to this, bowling it up, wondering what they're going to think about if they ever find this out or, or whatever. Um, so, like I said, I, I think that telling the truth with everything, with everyone, you know, again, I work in uh, project management and sales. When it comes, when I meet a client and they're asking me questions about about the product, I, I have nothing to lose to tell them, like, hey, this product is not that good. I wouldn't use it. This product I like more, et cetera. Um, you know, I've even hurt myself in specific positions where I told them that the, the cheaper product where I could have made more money trying to sell them the more expensive product, uh, is better because I personally would prefer that one over this one. Now I'd give them the option to choose both, but at the end of the day, I want them to be happy client, happy customer. Cause if I get a referral, then that's where I get more money. I think that's very fulfilling. 
because why do I keep saying fulfilling? I'm going to try to use a different word. It's very enriching. Once you know that you've actually like accompanied somebody who you're like selling something to and you've suited all their needs, even beyond their expectations, you kind of get a little bit of reward from that. And that really is a positive feeling that you can take home with you and know that, hey, I did my best today to help somebody out, uh, given the resources that they gave me. And I can sleep a little bit better knowing that, like, you know, I don't feel as bad as I used to when maybe at a point in my life I was just more confused. And, you know, like, you know, but there, there's 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 steps in the process and stuff. That would be a, a good nickname for you. Enrich. Enriching? Rich? Enriching? I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Let's go with it. Enrich. <laughs> I can't think of nothing to go off of that. Yeah. So, uh, you know what I mean? Just just remember Big Daddy Papi Chulo. No, I was playing. <laughs> I would just start calling myself Big Daddy Papi Chulo. Um, I think uh, I agree with you. Like I said, sales back in the day, it, it almost seems like I was always in competition with like the salespeople who were like the most grimy. And I say it because they're still my friends, right? I just understood them to a degree where it's like, bruh. That's crazy, dog. Come on, you know? And then they were just vicious with it. So it's like, all right, cool. But me, I always knew that I would compete with them. And damn it, if I wouldn't try to just make it the best I could be. And it's like one of those things where it's like the popular opinion isn't that. The popular opinion is going to be like, yo, we got to put down every person to get to the top. And it's like, okay, so I know you guys are lying because I'm doing it too. I'm right there with you and I'm doing shit the right way, you know? For a fact, like, honesty is the best policy. I started coming up with that stuff back in the day, and people were, like, you know, coming back to me, like, I know he sold me the phone, but I'm going to come back with you because you seem like you're not, you know what I mean? You, you tell me the truth, and I'm like, bro, all right, hurry up. I got 20 minutes of my fucking people get here. I got a question for you. Um, What's up? If I don't, if I remember correctly, you said you used to work at, like, one of the uh, the chains for for the phone companies. Sprint, yeah. Okay, so I uh, went to I, I was on Verizon. <laughs> I was on Verizon. I was looking to upgrade my phone. I Let had, me like, see your bill, bro. <laughs> I I went to uh, T-Mobile because they're doing a, a, a deal. Okay, and um, they're like bring in your old uh, phone as long as it's like an iPhone five or six. Um, you get, uh, uh, we give you a credit to put towards your new phone and it's a, you get one for free and you could buy another one with a credit of your phone for like a family plan type deal. So I went there with my wife and we got two brand new phones and the person said we were going to have a $400 credit for turning in both of our phones to put towards her phone and my phone was fully paid off. So uh, her phone was like seven or 800 at the time. So I was like, cool, that 400 credits going to pay almost half of her phone off. My phone's fully paid off. So, you know, we're going to have our monthly plan as well as attacked on like additional 20 or $30 a month to pay off the rest of her phone. Um, and then about, I would say six months into it, you know, she was in charge of that bill uh, for the most part. Um, but one of the days she, she commented on it, like, this is a lot more expensive than it usually is. So I took a look at it and it was like 80, 
80 to 90 dollars more than it usually is so we both were like what what is this so we called we didn't really get any answers because customer service is abysmal so we went down to the store that we bought the phone from salesperson that sold us this package deal doesn't work there anymore of course so um we spoke to customer service and we asked what's going on and they said yeah, you're, you're paying off your, your phone, your second phone. And we're like, well, yeah, we thought we were, we knew we were doing that, but we thought we were pretty much done. Like after these amount of months, we thought we'd be pretty close to being done. And they pretty much said, no, you guys didn't receive any credit for the second phone. So you have to pay that in full. And during our promotion, what we did is we cut a percentage of your uh, monthly bill to make it easier for you guys. And we're like, this is not at all what we were told during this entire process. You know, we thought we were getting one for free and then a $400 credit towards the second one and that we would only have about half of it to pay off. And no, they, they didn't confirm. They wouldn't let us fight it. They wouldn't, I, we actually asked for upper management phone numbers and they said no. So it, it was just like a losing battle. It's very frustrating. And I was just wondering, like, because uh, I know you used to work in that uh, trade. Is there just bad salesmen that do stuff like that in that trade? Yes, for sure. Also, uh, the whole thing sets rigged. Uh, it's uh, rigged. Um, the reason why I say that is because it's like not so not everybody's so forthcoming with the details because obviously people are trying to meet commissions and stuff. Right. Uh, also, you you have like promotions that are like not so transparent. On the contract, right? So, for example, the, the difference between financing and leasing and then just buying it outright, right? Not everybody understands that difference. And I've had these explanations with people older than me, younger than me and stuff. And that's where I kind of like, even if you're older, that doesn't mean you know shit. You know what I mean? Like, either you know or you don't, but it's all good. Uh, so, one of the biggest things is like, you'll have a salesperson that come in, maybe they're in training or something, trying their best to retain the information, but they still don't kind of care. They just don't know enough and they'll just fucking quote you all wrong. Now management has to step in and kind of fulfill that, which means either they're going to call the company, which is like pretty much the corporate uh, or like customer service and stuff. And they'll just apply a credit for like X amount of months or X amount of time. Gotcha. For example, you traded in your phone, right? And you're thinking, hey, this is pretty much going to pay for the same phone that I'm getting. So uh, what they said was if we transferred from Verizon to T-Mobile, we get one free phone. So we transferred. Um, right, I got yeah. the one free phone and then we were going to get her, her phone. Um, but they said that our trade-ins for both my phone and her phone will count as credit towards her new phone. So that way, and they said it was like 400 something dollars that would pay for roughly half of that new phone. So we were looking at our monthly bill and then the additional credit uh, uh, payment for her new phone. And they said roughly, you know, it's like 20 or 30 bucks extra. And then, you know, a couple months go by and that should be paid off essentially. So that's what we were looking at. And then all of a sudden we had a, you know, let's say our monthly bill for our phone was 60 bucks, 70 bucks. It turned into 140, 150. And, you know, it was, getting paid like that for a couple months until we actually finally caught it and was like, Whoa, this is not what we signed up for. What's going on here. And that's when we started asking questions and things were not adding up. Yeah. So, I mean, it's really semantics, right? Because I can tell you one, one thing and it's really another way, but the way I said it, it kind of makes sense to you at the moment. And so long as you believe it, you sign on the X, cool. You're, you're signed in, you're locked in. That's what's up. And the theory is so long as I don't rip you off entirely or like completely, 
You should be cool with that, right? As long as they say partial truth, they're they're uh, clear. <laughs> Remember, everybody, this is sales. So you know what I mean. To some way, shape, or form, you're really buying the person that you're uh, you're buying from. You're not. You know what I mean? It, it sells. It's like fucking sell me this cane sugar, bro. Cane, cane, cane sugar. sugar. Yeah, I was having. I, I only saw the cane A. Sugar. I was like, yeah, you know. But uh, <laughs> the same, the same sugar. Uh, it sells nonetheless. So you're going to have that salesperson who's saying whatever they're saying because they want. But, and this is one of those moments where it's like, you just brought me back in time. Like if you would have literally had your, had your bill, I'd be circling shit with my pen. I'd be crossing shit out, looking at shit. Okay, you see that? That's a discount. So what happened there is you brought in your phone, right? And then um, you're thinking, okay, cool. This is pretty much going to take money off of the actual device. No, it's just a discount. It's part of a program or something that's usually like limited time maybe like six years or maybe up until you get an upgrade on your phone. And then all of that, uh, that discount kind of like cancels out. So now you got your new phone thinking you're going to have your discount, but no, your fucking bill skyrockets and you're like, <sighs> so it'd probably be to skip all those hidden fees, those hidden sales tactics. Probably the best idea for iPhone users at least would be to purchase the Apple product in the Apple store and then take it to get your chip inserted straight up. Or, you know me, like I got this phone, right? But I kind of know my way around the phone community. So I went to like a, uh, what was it? I went to a spot, bought it outright uh, a couple years later, right? Because I know the effect that each one of these phones, you know, their true value, each iPhone is cool a little bit on like the resolution and maybe like battery life and stuff. But so long as you got good memory and you kind of know what you're looking at, all that stuff is just flashy stuff. So it's like, get your phone outright. Just like, it's like buying a car, get your car out, right? So you don't got to do a payment on it. And then, yeah, you spend a little bit more money now, but in the long run, you're not having to pay so much every month, every month, every month. Uh, and I think that's a whole different discussion, but just for the sake of phones, it's like get your phone and then get it universally unlocked. So you can go anywhere, bro. So if T-Mobile starts tripping, you can go over to Verizon or if you, Verizon and T-Mobile are tripping, go to AT&T, bro. Or if not, bro, cricket helps peeps you know what i mean that's that's yeah that's that's smart to get universally unlocked yeah bro because this one right here uh i, I probably uh, i did some research right i was always a, a samsung user but since i was selling phones i always kind of knew stuff uh i did a lot of research on this phone uh so when i finally went to go get it bro i got it on t-mob t-mob metro sheesh paying like so I, I actually am a big fan of the uh, the Android phones, um, uh, mainly for the purpose of jailbreaking. <laughs> I mean, it's easier to jailbreak Androids than iPhones. Not that it's hard to jailbreak iPhones, but I mean, um, licensing agreements uh, regarding apps and stuff. So Androids are just way more... I would say user friendly when it comes to uh, content creating and um, uh, community apps rather than the iPhone. Um, however, I am an iPhone user mainly because I need it for work and it's actually very, very well done for work. So uh, here I am with my iPhone. So I'm your salesperson, right? And I'm like, all right, what kind of phone do you like? And you're telling me that I'm going to look at it like, all right, cool. But now let me break it down to you. So you have Android, which is pretty much like more customizable, right? It's mm -hmm. user-friendly, but it's a little bit more technical, right? Versus the people who want something simple, very easy to use and protected, you're going to go iPhone. Right. But iPhone also is industry standard in most uh, content creations, music, uh, people who like to write and stuff. All of their stuff is pretty much like a little ecosystem. 
and it all works well amongst itself versus you kind of have like Android here, Samsung this, maybe LG. So it's like after a certain while, you know, certain things that come out, they are compatible with each other. Just don't blend as seamless as just like iPhone, iPhone to Apple to Apple to. You know. Right. Absolutely. And it makes work a lot more easy to be able to iCloud stuff. So, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, bro. But I mean, like, I'll sell you a flip phone, bro. No, <laughs> nah, I, I, there's a joke that I had. It's going to be a hard sale. Yeah. Flip phone? <laughs> nah, bro. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm pretty sure that if I could, bro, like, I would have just a flip phone just for, like, funsies. Just to fucking snap a phone on someone I was mad at. I I remember the T9 texting. I had the flip phone. I had the sidekick back in the day. Oh, I not. I loved my devices back then. Absolutely. But I do not want to uh, go backwards in time. I like moving forward. So my little um, computer in my hand here, I'll take it. Yeah, me, I want to go back to like what? Like the 2000 or something where they all had boost mobile chirps? Oh, man, dude. <laughs> uh, I got so many friends that got in trouble in class because of those. <laughs> <laughs> you younger generation, y'all know about that. Y'all know about that. Nope. So uh, let's see. We talked about conspiracies. We talked about cell phone bills. Mm. Shit. If you could travel anywhere in the world for a year and obviously take your wife with you, where would you guys go? Let's say it's like uh, some sort of like a scenario where it's like work related, but you got to stay there for a year. There is no traveling outside of wherever you choose to go. Work related, but I have to stay, uh, but I can stay there for a year and I could go anywhere. In the world. Um, so I'm making money. That's cool. So, okay. Um, so that's actually, it's a hard one because I've been to Europe before. She has not. And I, there's places I would love to show her in Europe, but I also would want to go somewhere I've never been before which would also still be a new experience for her because she's not uh, uh, internationally traveled. So um, for a year, you know, I think I would love to unwind somewhere a little more. Uh, uh, maybe like Iceland. Oh, okay. Okay. You know, uh, not, not a high population of people, very uh, knit tight communities very beautiful lands have you seen their green grass in iceland it's all green um you know i could just see me and my wife in a little cabin up there i don't know what i'd be doing for work but if i'm making money and i'm living in that cabin we're doing good you know i think a year like that somewhere would just really rejuvenate us spiritually mentally physically um i could probably lose some weight out there <laughs> um so i yeah I, th I think a place like like iceland um would be a place I'd choose. Oh, okay. So, uh, and that's a beautiful spot, really, because, like, you know, you think Iceland, you're thinking all ice, but it's really green. And Greenland is the one that's full of ice, mm -hmm. by the way. So it's, like, it's just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Plus, you know, the culture out there, the people are, like, um, of mixed descent, but they're still, like, very educated, very civil. Yeah. Very nice people, you know. Uh, I, I'm I'm trying to think if it, that's one of those places where it's like even their prison systems are so well integrated into like society and they're so like kind to people and stuff that even if you're in prison, you can still live amongst the people who are like not in prison. But that's because like society, they just take care of their own. So to speak on that subject, I uh, I do think that our prison systems 
are not made for rehabilitation. I think our prison systems are just essentially just uh, uh, holders of people that can't function in society for the most part, depending on the really bad murder, stuff like that. Um, where, you know, I watched multiple documentaries on prisons outside of our country and don't get me wrong. There's some really bad ones out there, but I do think there are also some very unique ones. Like I did see one, I uh, couldn't tell you where, but, uh, they essentially live is prisoners that live almost in like a hotel and they have like a roommate and they have their own kitchen. They have their knives, they have their forks. They have all these utensils that most people can't have in prison. They have TVs. They can go outside whenever they want in the backyard to have rec time. And, uh, these people, you know, they're being documented, they're being asked questions and they are given really well rehabilitated answers, you know, about, their crimes that they may have committed about how they actually feel remorse about how they um, feel guilt for what they have done to realize the stuff they've done. They've wrote notes to people apologizing, etc. cetera. Um, and it's not that they're being punished essentially in these facilities, but again, they're being rehabilitated. So I do think that, um, I mean, re it's another topic in itself if prisons rehabilitate people, but I think that our prison systems do not, but others might possibly. Yeah, if anything, I've known a lot of people that they go in there and they just come out worse. Oh, yeah. And it's not because they're bad people, but it's what they're taught. It's like, you know, you can you can go in there for like maybe like a petty theft, right? But it's your third time and, you know, now you're doing some prison time. Now you're doing a little spin around the block. And uh, you come out and you've been in there with people who like they're doing life, bro. And they're like, go stab that fool. Go sell this drug. Matter of fact, uh, just be ready at all times and stuff. So your mentality is not altered and you're no longer just this person who is like stealing little stuff to get by. Now, like, let's say because there's gangs then you have like the mafia and then you have people who are like uh, racist. And then you have people who are like, like damn near schizophrenic or not schizophrenic, but like psychotic. And then you got like the weird people in there who are like fucking like. They really just, they, they don't life right. They really just, they don't life good. The Jeffrey Dahmers. <laughs> yeah, like they eat people and stuff like that. And then sometimes that's your celly. They're like, oh, imagine that, bro. That's your celly. Uh, so, you know, when I pay attention to kind of like the outcome and stuff, it's like, yo, you really got people like the cat and mouse, right? And the government's the cat. And then pretty much all the people at the bottom, they're little mice. So it's like, if you do something to catch the cat's attention, now you're trapped in the trap. But it's like the cat's not going to eat you. Instead, the cat's going to make money off of you. Because if you look at like uh, the uh, the amount of money that they make per bunk in there or every time they, they send them to like a different facility. And I got like a bunch of people that like they've been in jail for years and I just haven't seen them since I was like real small. They've been gone, bro. But like you pay attention to like uh, the, the, the politics in there. And it's like the politics in there are like a micro politics to what the, the actual U.S. Uh, United States is like well steaks steaks are different in there too man like you know you get shanked over a ramen where I mean out in this in the real world I mean obviously it's a lot less like not impossible but it's a lot less likely yeah. but I mean in prison I mean a ramen packet or a pack of cigarettes is, is, a, is a high value there so I think that when you can find people and make some something valuable or invaluable like uh um uh, these these foods or, or products it's going to dehumanize people 
Yeah, but it's like you also hear about it in like different uh different countries and stuff. It's pretty much the same thing, if anything more corrupt. Like you hear about the ones in like Thailand, you hear about the ones in Mexico. Oh, yeah. It's crazy stuff. There's crazy. Same, the same show that I was watching. Someone like would murder three people and then they ask him, they're like, oh man, how long are you in here for? And he's like, oh, I've, I've been here for two years. I got like two more. And I'm just like, wait, what? That's crazy. Uh, you know, but like with that being said, it's like just the evil spirits. It's the flesh, bro. Y'all are wild. But it's nothing that God can't save. So go to God. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. So we talked about prison, right? And we talked about like uh, your, your, your celly being a weirdo. Um, what else could we talk about? Well, you, you didn't say where you would go if you had to go somewhere for a year. Well, Tokyo. Tokyo, that's cool. I love technology. I love the culture. Uh, even before they were calling Asians Asians, which I haven't forgot, freaking older generations. Y'all used to be weird and call Asian people Oriental. That's fucking weird to me. Do you remember that shit? Like, even the top ramen noodles, they called them Oriental, and I was like... Hey, you know... What? Uh, speaking on the subject of racism, uh, yeah, our, our old folks, they would, um, they did some questionable things, and it was quite uh, not appropriate. Never forget Emmett, too. <laughs> um, R.I.P. <laughs> Straight up, brothers. They're making a movie about it. I go to the movies too much, but I'm like... That's fuck. That's crazy, bro. That's crazy. You know, I uh, I don't know if I should say the story. All right, all right. So, Let's see it, bro. Let's I I was um with my wife's family, <clears throat> and her grandmother was uh, sitting there just watching TV, and um, I knew she's from a different generation of people. She's a wonderful human being. She she passed away. Uh, unfortunately. Um, but she is, you know, very kind hearted, but she was also raised differently. That's all. And, um, I remember asking her, I said, um, how would you feel uh, of me dating your granddaughter if I were black? And her response was, well, I'm glad you're not, but I would say, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> but I mean, I still like you. I mean, if you were you, it wouldn't be a problem. But at the end, she said, "I'm glad you're not," which was, um, you know, it uh, tells a different age period, a different generation in the thought process there. Bro, I totally understand you, uh, and that's that. Like, I'm Hispanic. Well, I'm not Hispanic, but I'm Latino. So. Even, and this is just something I've noticed, where it's like Mexicans are racist against Salvadorians, Salvadorians are racist against Guatemalans, Guatemalans with Nicaraguenses, all the way down to Honduras. And it's like, why? That's weird. And then, you know what I mean? Like Mexicans are racist against black people. Sometimes black people are racist against Asians. There's, there's all different, all different kinds. And it, at the end of the day, we all bleed red, right? Yeah, bro. I mean, like, but here's the thing, though. There's always good apples and there's always bad apples, right? True. So it really doesn't matter where you're coming from so long as you're trying to be good peoples. Yeah. You know, yeah. love, but like... I think that's where God's message is. Exactly. You know, but like racism, man, it's crazy because some some people aren't racist because they truly hate people, but they're indoctrinated. They're really taught a belief system and their whole life is wrapped around it. So, you know what I mean? Like, shame on the people who taught them that. But at the end of the day, like... Uh, nowadays we're kind of trying to like make our ways to somewhere else, but still, you know what I mean? 
at the end of the day, we all do bleed, you know, bleed blood. Like we're all, we're all human beings. So if you like, if you're looking at stuff and you, you hate the color of someone's skin, take a look at your belief system and be like, damn, is it because I really hate that person? That person's done something like to my dog, to my family, to the points where I really want to do something. Or is it maybe just your association with them based off of like granny always making that comment every time she was at the, the checkout line at the grocery store and you're just like, Hey, yo, abuela, chill. Yeah. I like to call it, um, generational ignorance. Um, you know, where, uh, older generation taught a younger generation, things that were not appropriate, obviously. So that's just how I, I like to refer to it. Um, because maybe, you know, for example, you know, in, in my family, I definitely, I think a lot of families, people have cousins or aunties or whoever that can show some ignorance regarding the, those circumstances. And, um, at the end of the day is the way they were raised and the way those per people were raised and those, the way those people were raised. And it's about breaking the chain and just, you know, when you have your children, just all colors, of, there is no color. It's all the same. I mean, you can't have color because color is identity, you know, um, but that it doesn't make you any less or any more than anyone else. Exactly. And plus, let's be honest. I have favorite movie stars, singers, from every race, like, you know, Denzel Washington, bro, I remember thinking, like, John Q, amazing movie. You know what I mean, bro? Like, or uh, what was the word? Um, Or not word, uh, the movie Training Day? Oh, yeah, dude. I, I, bro, or like uh, Man on Fire. Mm -hmm. I was like, yo. Even the newest the Equalizer. Like, Why isn't, you know, those? he hasn't made anything in a while here. Okay, but then you got, like, Idris Elba, who, like, uh amazing actor he came out of nowhere you know he just popped up in some movies and i was like who is this guy and then he was in everything but i, I had nothing against him being in everything he was so great you know i think he's even in the running for the new james bond and I, i'm i can see it i can see it yeah or like me like uh, spawn right we were talking about spawn earlier mm -hmm. i'm super into martial arts like i love martial arts right so michael jai white played spawn back in the day yeah yeah. So him and he's like a martial artist like me, like I'm like, yo, I want to be like you, like picture young me just watching like all of like these uh, martial arts videos and seeing him. And I'm like, I want to be like you because he had like the muscles, he had like, like the sick ass haircut. He had that really serious face. Like, you know, even the bullies would kind of get bullied by him, but he was <laughs> always like the, he was like the responsible one and not to save the day and stuff. I was like, how could I be racist, bro? I want to be like you, you know, like what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's where uh, there's a stigma behind the the word privileged and what goes behind racism. Um, you can have privilege and not be racist, in my opinion. Um, you know, for I mean, he, uh, and I, I don't think it really has to be associated with color to be privileged. I think it's just more along the lines of what you grew up with. You know, if you grew up in a stable family um, with, you know, you don't have to worry about your bills being paid. You don't have to worry about leaving school early so you can help the family by getting a job and paying rent or, you know, you get lots of Christmas or Christmas presents on Christmas, et cetera. You know, I think that is like kind of the definition of being privileged. So I think that there's a lot of ignorant uh, people out there that, that would associate being privileged is a negative thing. I don't necessarily think it's a negative thing. You can still learn how to work hard and have, have had a privileged lifestyle. Um, 
you know, I can definitely say I'm privileged in more ways than one. I'm blessed in more ways than one. And, uh, uh, I, I, I'm, you know, I, I would like to think of myself as not racist in, in any way, shape or form, but I can say I am privileged. I don't think privilege is the bad thing, right? Because there's rights and there's privileges, right? Mm -hmm. So we as humans all have rights. And, you know, I don't know, like maybe you, you kind of grew up with like a mom or like a parent or someone who's like, you don't need that. That's a right. Or that's not a right. That's a privilege because maybe you're like doing something bad or maybe right. they want to discipline you, show you that like even your luxuries can be taken away from you. It's not something that God gave you and it's not something that you need. You just feel uncomfortable as hell without it. And that's going to make you cry right now. And that's how they're choosing to show you your lesson, right? So there's nothing wrong with privilege. I mean, in the United States, we're all privileged as hell in comparison to like different third world countries where it's like running water is a freaking luxury. Uh, clean water is a luxury, right? Uh, water is the right, right? You have right to drink water as a human being because yeah. we you don't make the stuff. Right, you need it, you know? But like, it's a privilege to drink that clean water and stuff like that. So I think... That's not a bad thing to be privileged because, uh, and I'm just going to segue into this and then real quick pop off to what I was going to say. But it's like, I think that if you're, let's say American and you go to Mexico, that privilege isn't going to work the same for you over there. It's going to be different, right? Because privilege is kind of as, as privilege follows. So if you go over somewhere and you kind of fit in, you fit the demographic, people are going to, for sure. But if you don't stick out. If you don't stick out like a sore thumb, that's where you start, you kind of start to feel the difference and stuff. And then you're like, oh, well, this really doesn't feel like it's working for me. So you're no longer privileged. But there's a difference between that and entitlement. And entitlement is like, I think the key here because, uh, oh, yeah, I'm privileged so much that now everything is, you know, I deserve everything. I just, I yeah, exactly. I deserve this. This, this should be mine, et cetera. Um, entitled people... Oh, those are my pet peeves, honestly. Um, I, everyone, everyone, uh, has dealed with entitled people, entitled people deal with entitled people. I mean, there's, they're out there. Um, and maybe in some form or way, we all have been entitled in one way, learning to try not to be, um, I, it's it, absolutely, um, it, it is a struggle. It is a struggle, especially being in the, in the field that I am in, you know, there's people that feel like I, I need to give them free things in a, uh, a construction industry when they don't understand that free things means it's taken out of my paycheck, you know? So, um, I think that's more of like negotiations at that point, but it's not a, it's not something that, all right, like, so, yeah, you can feel entitled to anything, but it doesn't necessarily make it a right, right? Nor does it make it right, right? If you feel like you want to bless somebody with them, then that's what it is. It's a blessing, right? Because you might know how to negotiate so hard to the points where you might make somebody feel uncomfortable if they don't give you something. And that's you just trying to be a wolf on a Wall Street, a.k.a. an asshole to somebody who's just pretty much trying to make a living. And now you're kind of putting them in a jam and stuff. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you deserve that or just because you can say a bunch of fancy words or something like that, that it should go like that. Even if you said your best shit and my boy said no, it's still no at the end of the day. I mean, that's that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And are you going to fight tooth and nail for like a freaking flower, uh, flower potter thing? I, said, I don't know. 
side of granny's window are you gonna no but it's gonna be like what can you kind of like get out of the thing that's beneficial to you i get it that's more negotiation but it's like real 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 entitlement to where it's like i deserve the world because i am who i am and i got all this no 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 no. you've obviously never seen the people who actually worked hard for it and that are grateful for it and if you were to take it all away from them they wouldn't cry why because they know what it took for them to get there yeah i mean they might feel sad but they'll get right back to it again like well, they also have the stepping stones, the foundation to be able to build that back up where someone that's never done that doesn't really know where to start. Yeah, they're not, they're not going to be sitting here like living off of like uh, granny's money in the second that granny's like, y'all are all jerks. I'm taking you guys all out the will. They're not going to know how to cope with that. They're just going to now they got to go back down to society where at one point they're acting like pretentious or some shit. Mm-hmm. And they're just treating people bad. Like, no, like y'all are spoiled rotten and you guys are pretty much treating treating people bad and that's why granny took you out the wheel and then she's going to teach you guys a very hard lesson if she even cares to at that point right because she might want to go you know boogie down with her gigolo like <laughs> latin lover and stuff and she's just gonna look at you like ah y'all fucked it up me it's a it's a p diddy music video over here and shit <laughs> uh yeah you know but like I think uh, privilege, like if you take me, right? You take me and you take me to Uganda, right? I'm not going to feel the same privileges that I feel in America. And that's that, like over there, I'm I'm the minority. You know what I mean? So like privilege there doesn't mean the same thing. And I think that's the biggest stem behind the racism, behind uh, uh, privilege, behind these things is just who is the minority, who isn't, um, who holds the most power, who doesn't. And um I do think that that there's a lot of corruptness in regards to those political stances. It's not about, you know, there's going to be my minority and majority in everything, but that shouldn't have to hold the circumstance of who makes more money or who doesn't, et cetera. Right. Like if you, if you ever kind of like grew up as a kid, that used to play out on the block and stuff. Uh, and then there's that one old lady who is just nice to everybody. And she was like someone's grandma and, you know, anytime she came out, she probably, like, gave you guys treats or something. And she treated all you guys like grandchildren. You know what I mean? There was no I – don't, I don't feel like there was racism. At that point, it's just showing somebody love, right? And I think that's where it's, like, as everybody kind of grew up, they developed this, like, oh, yeah, it's us against them. When in reality, it doesn't have to be that way. But that's just you accepting it and, you know, like, moving with that energy. But, like, reality, bro, like, you know what I mean? She doesn't care if you're white, black, Asian. She just sees you as a little baby child and she's going to like feed you some some treats and stuff because she knows you've been playing hard. And you know what I mean? Maybe she actually knows your parents and she knows you guys ain't got it like that. So she's going to break you off with some of her kindness and her love and stuff. And you're not looking at the color of her skin. You're just looking at, yo, thank you. You know, th- thank you for this, this, this treat that, oh, and then you go right back to playing and stuff. And that's, that's beautiful. You know, that's, that's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. And then, you know what I mean? But you, you got a lot of, you got a like older rich people who, I don't know, somewhere along the lines, they just figured that they, they can't really make no money off of not people not being at war. And those people forget about it. I mean, where's the freaking guy? Well, Google, am I right? no. well money in my opinion is the stem of all evil. It really is because um, there was that uh, uh, verse that my, my wife always says is it's um, – I'm going to butcher this one. But 
uh, it's impossible to fit a rich man. You know what? I'm not going to attempt to try to say it. It's about something about trying to fit a, uh, a rich man. Oh, a rich man going to heaven would have to be the equivalent of uh, uh elephant fitting through a keyhole. Oh, you know no, what no. I'm trying to talk about? Yeah, yeah, that's in the Bible. Yeah. Yeah, so it's pretty much it's easier for uh uh a a camel to fit through the eye of a needle, yeah, than it is for a rich person to get into heaven. Yes, yeah, that that's I'm sure that's it. Um uh and I I I do think that that's that's real, you know, because going back to what I said before, to be able to be rich, I think you have to step on lots of people. And again, money is, in my opinion, is the root of all evil. Because, um, I mean, if you think about it, war, politics, uh, racism, you know, everything bad can be linked to financing, profits, money in some form or way. Um, you know, that, a lot of these things stem from that. So, I mean, I wouldn't know how to fix something like that other than spreading the word of God, but, um, yeah, it'd be, I mean, sometimes I think of those caveman ages where you just kind of wake up one day and you walk over to Bob and you're like, Hey Bob, let's go hunt a, a elephant today and share it. Yeah. A fucking mammoth bro. That's fucking, yeah. I think that, uh, like money. Yeah, for sure. Unless it comes from God. Right. Because there's even people that God know specifically serve a purpose and you know they're favored by him because they're really doing god's work like if you if you're doing what god wants you to do in most cases unless you're one of the bad examples and that one's like don't nobody want to be that guy but like if you're if you're one of the good examples god blesses you god you know with what you need he blesses you with what you need um more than that it's even overflowing well well absolutely but what i mean is he he will always provide for you what you need so um, you will, let's think of it, th count, count your blessings is more along the lines. You know, there's times where I am very upset because I didn't get that promotion I was looking to get so I can buy the car that I wanted to get. And then at the end of the day, I have a roof over my head. I have food on my table. I'm about to sit down and watch a, a movie with my lovely wife on the a couch that I, that I just bought, you know, and then I think about it. I'm like, okay, you know, there's a lot of other people that that don't have what I have and there's no need for me to be upset because I didn't get that promotion to buy that new car because, you know, I have blessings I can count. Yeah. He provides for you. And then even then it's like, so I got this theory, right? I said it in one of my other podcast episodes, but I'm gonna say it again. Where it's like, if God knows he can trust you with a little bit, he can trust you with a lot. So if you grateful for the little stuff, right? God, God will give you more. And if he ever takes that from you, you still grateful. So he can take that away from you, knowing that, all right, bet you just sit right there real quick. I'm going to go give this to that. Boom, 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 boom. All right, bet you're good for sure. Boom, bam, gives you everything plus more. You're like, I don't even know what to say about that. Like, uh, you know, because like that's that's guy. And like, I think that if you go out there and you chase money, don't go out there and chase money. Go out there, chase God. God will add to you. But you know what I mean? Running towards the the money like that is like, what happens when the money goes out? Then you go to God? No. What if you were running to God and then the money came and then 
you know what I mean? But that's what a lot of people do. I think we've all been guilty of it where we face a hard time and then we ask God, we need this. But then when we're having a good time, do we ever thank him for it? That's one thing that I think a lot of people take for granted, especially a lot of Christians, you know, and I know I've been guilty of it too before, you know, uh, I'm not, um, sub not subjected to that. So that's uh, one thing I'm trying to learn to be better about is, you know, if I, ask for something during a hard time i know to to thank him during a good time yeah because he's the maker of both and me i get stubborn right i'm saying all these nice words but god really truly knows my heart right so even me sometimes i get stubborn i fall, I fall off the path i don't really feel like reading my bible or praying or like even just you know what i mean like my faith is just all distraught right and even then he still loves me or uh, cause like I got this thing where it's like, uh, like in the past I used to be like really hard on myself. So if he can love me more than I'm even capable of loving myself when I'm at my downest, I only think it's right that when I'm at my, my highest, he's there with me. It's like, if you got like a day one, that's always been on your team yeah, and they never switched up. It's like, when you make it, do you just forget about him? Ah, like, which I think a lot of people do. Right. Or it's like. If you're going through a hard time, then you remember your day one. It's like your day one is still your day one. So obviously you're going to still have your back, but like you're going to kind of feel like, damn, oh, okay. I, I was kind of a jerk to you. And now like, now I'm going to you again and you still take me back. That's like pouring hot coals on your head. This is like what the Bible says. Yeah. But I think, you know, that's, that's more of like his ability to love us because he's like our maker and how good he is. That's crazy. That's a really interesting topic to get into is like how great he is, is the amount of mercy that he shows, even though we'll never deserve it. But the love wrapped around it as well is like something we still can't even fathom. So it's not only is he being merciful, but he's being loving at the same time. And it's holy. Like, even if I was in his shoes, which I'll never be, but like if I ever was, I would not be capable to make those judgment calls. I would take it like if you piss me off, I'm like, off with his head. <laughs> Guys, like, I get you. I understand. But, you know what I mean? Stop what you're doing and come this way. I even gave you Jesus. Follow what Jesus did. He's right here. You know, he's right there. Walk with him for a little bit. You'll see me again. Well, I mean, it, it always it always gets me, um, you know, and there's great visualizations behind it. Like if you watch passion of the Christ and you get, you visually see a good interpretation of how Jesus was put onto the cross and you think about it, like, uh, you know, for all the fathers out there that have children, imagine you are going to sacrifice your son to people that are not grateful to redeem us from our sins to forgive us from our sins. And it's just, it's just an unfathomable thought to sacrifice your only son. You're it's, I can't even, you know, it's again, I, I don't have a, I don't have a son, at least not yet. So, but even now thinking about that, like a sacrifice like that to people that almost seem not grateful. is just insane to me. My perspective. It's love. It's all love. Because even when you have a child and they're kind of being like little ungrateful shits or a little, I'm not going to say shits in the same. I, I know I just said it twice, but I'm trying, 
I'm not going to, I don't want to end it like that. I'm going to just be like, if they're being ungrateful children, you discipline them, but you still love them, right? Especially if you're like, let's say the mother who like carried you in the womb for like nine months, except for it's different because it's God. So just follow me on this, but it's love, right? Attached to that. Or like, if you got, like, I got a lot of baby cousins, right? And sometimes I'll see them with temper tantrums and I'm like, Hey, yo, like that's my cousin. That's like, my, you know what I mean? Like, Hey, yo, what you, what you doing, bro? Like we could, we could run those hands. But it's still like love. It's like, oh, okay, I get you. You know what I mean? Because the part of you that cares more is gonna like step in and be like, nah, let me educate you. Let me let me show you some love because maybe I can really see the problem here, and it's not just jump defense, boom, 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 smite you. Like it's because you actually care about the outcome of the person. So you know. Well, speaking about his love, um. One thing that I can attest to is, you know, uh, my mother uh, remarried and I had a stepfather and I called him dad. And throughout life, you know, I would call him dad. And eventually, you know, we went to, I think it was like soccer signups or something. And they were, you know, trying to put down my information on the paper and they're like, so who is he to you? And I looked at him thinking like, all right, you know, he's going to call me a son, you know, in my head. And he's like, Oh, that's my stepson. And I don't know. It just kind of set, set, it felt a little sour to me. You know, I was kind of like, oh, I looked at this guy as my dad, you know, I called him my dad and I looked at him as my father figure. And, um, you know, he had other children that he would call his sons and daughters. And so to, to be the, the stepson, it just felt negative to me. And then when I associate that to God, I am not his stepson. He calls me his, just, you know, we're all his children. I'm not, there is no negative connotation. He sees me as, as his, his son. Um, and it, it feels good. It, there's, it just feels uh, um, welcomed. I get you, bro. I didn't grow up with a dad. So it's like for me to ever realize like some of the weirdest things that happened in my life for my benefit, obviously, whereas like that happened for the good, but I just never understood why or how come, you know, uh, without a father, mind you, in some, some, some cases I was even away from my mother, not saying anything bad. She was trying her best, but like, sometimes I really remember just kind of being by myself and just looking around like, Hey, yo, I'm really like kind of like unsupervised right now. It's crazy. And then kind of knowing that like, something or well, i didn't think about this until later but it's like god was over me at that time and like i'm like dang like you really did look out for me you know because i don't know i was literally at the mercy of the world but you have the world in your hands so i'm in your hands and now when i kind of like i used to remember feeling afraid in those moments like i'd be like super scared but now that's where i'd rather be yeah because i'm at the comfort of I'm at his mercy and wherever I go with it, it's like, I'm cool with it because at least I know it's him versus I'm in this dark realm where everything's scary because you never know the other side of stuff. And it's like, why even take a step at that point? You're, you're better off just staying in one spot, but even then you got to do something, right? Crazy. It's just like, nah, like God always having control of everything is like, but but being like my father and stuff, oh man, that that makes it's relieving. It makes you feel like something you never had, something that welcomed. 
you know, it gives you that figure that you need in life and it gives someone you could always talk to, um, you know, and he has a whole book that's, that's dedicated essentially to you. So yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Well, I'm, I'm crazy. One time I like was thinking about the Bible, like, you know, like that, that, that manual that comes with TV that nobody ever reads. Mm -hmm. They just fucking start installing stuff and then mm -hmm. flipping through stuff. And there's like features in there that they didn't even know about years later. That's the Bible. <laughs> that's the basic instructions before leaving earth, bro. <laughs> Ain't nobody trying to read that until you read it. And you're like, oh, I'm super guilty. Of, uh, I mean, like my wife would be like, Hey, can you build this Ikea furniture for me? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I gotcha. And then she hands me everything. I open up the box and I get the, the manual and I just kind of loop behind me and I start putting it together. And at the end I'm like, okay, it looks exactly like how it's supposed to look in the picture, but I got like six extra screws here. <laughs> so I'm going to put this in my tool bag and it's, it's honey. It's built to your satisfaction. If it breaks, it's because it's the manufacturer's fault. It's like here. <laughs> they did it you know who you are right here uh i try yeah i mean but like th at that point you really just raw dog in life <laughs> you really just like yeah boom why do i keep running into the wall raw dog in life that that is a i'm gonna start using that terminology <laughs> i really like that for sure well i think it's uh safe to say we we, we cut this uh we cut this uh, the podcast. What do you think? I, I do too. I think we uh, talked a lot about God and I think that there's never, there's never too much you can say about him. So uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed my time. I hope to be back uh, soon. I love, I you know, I love talking about these concepts. Um, and next time I'll bring a list of things we could talk about thought provoking as well. And um, yeah, I really enjoyed my time. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. So is there any like social media or anything you want to, um, you want to share? Um, no, I just, I'll just say shout out to my wife, uh, Sloan. Um, I love you. And, um, you know, I wouldn't be where I'm at job wise, life wise, faith wise, if it wasn't for you and, um, regarding the rest of my family, you know, I love you all so much. And, uh, uh, th thanks, uh, every, every one of the viewers that'll watch this. Thank you for uh, listening to us and, <clears throat> and, uh, thank you for this opportunity, man. Yeah, no doubt. Also, do you want to, you want to promote your gaming page? No, I, I want to get it <laughs> polished before I start throwing it out there. <clears throat> well, if you guys are in, you know, we're like an hour and 49 minutes in, if you guys are uh, in this far, then, you know, you guys are real ones. Cause uh, this is still like, kind of like a startup thing for me. So, uh, you know, I, I'm very, uh, what's the word, grateful for the people who follow me along on this process. Just, I remember looking at my analytics and being like, hey, yo, people are actually watching this stuff. And it's crazy because I'm like, it's just me just talking shit with the buddies and we're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? I'm definitely going to rewatch this and look at the weird faces <laughs> that I make and be like, dang, I actually made, okay. And I said that, dang, what's wrong with me? I think that's the fun part. <laughs> All right, then, y'all. You guys be safe. God bless you, and the blessing continues. Oh,
I pray for this one on the mountaintop. This one on the mountaintop. Taking pictures on my phone. Taking pictures on my phone. For a number I don't even got.